Hi, everybody. This is Kelly, and you're listening to What in the Weird. The Weekly Rune came out to the public this morning, and it came out to Patreon subscribers in full yesterday. So if you'd like information on a regular or paid subscription to it, check out my website at solentonarts.com. So I said I had a series of questions that people had sent me about the podcast, which, thank you, by the way, that's totally awesome. But one of the questions that came in was, um, Kelly, how do you read the runes? Literally, like how I lay them out and conduct a reading start to finish. And the more I thought about this question, the more I realized it actually has a fairly complex answer. So I'm going to respond to it in stages across the next two or three episodes. Okay, so how in the world do I do a reading? Step one for me of everything, whether it's shamanic work, rune reading, you name it, is to set a clear intention. I can't tell you how many times people come to me and go, I drew these runes and I don't know what they mean. And I say, well, you know, what's the reason that you drew them? And they go blank. So setting an intention is step one for creating a framework that helps you understand what the runes have to say to you. What's an intention? Well, it's the reason that you're approaching the runes to begin with, phrased in a way that's brief and covers the elements of what you need to know. So I don't phrase my intentions as questions. For me, they're all statements. When you ask the runes a question, it's a lot like going to a four-year-old. They're very blunt and matter of fact. So unless you're really in tune with their specific lingo, and you may well be, if you're not, you get responses that don't seem in line with what you really need to know. So if you present the question, should I move to Egypt as your intention, and then you get the response, family or Othala, that might totally work for me. It, it may be enough that tells you what you need to know. But for me and most of my clients for whom I do readings, that response doesn't really clarify what they want to know, which is whether Egypt should even be on the table as a consideration for living. If so, explain the reason. If not, explain the reason. And what's the need being met by considering even moving? There's really a lot more nuance to what we bring to why we're doing a reading than most questions can handle. And so the narrative won't come forward in a base yes, no, or why question, all of which usually leads to clients giving me blank stares. And actually for me personally, when I go to the rooms myself with an intention, if I'm not careful in understanding what I really need to know, then I may as well just be talking to the wall which I highly recommend talking to the wall, but that's a whole other episode. So if the response doesn't meet your needs, if it doesn't have a meaning, you're not really doing your job as a reader. So for that reason, I say that intentions are best phrased in statements, such as, I need insight on the benefits of moving to Egypt, or I need insight into moving to Egypt compared to staying where I currently live. So the immediate difference in those is, one, I'm not asking a yes-no question. So I'm already getting a lot more nuance, more detail about what potentially moving to Egypt could bring. In the second intention, I've allowed room for a basis of comparison against a known item. You know how you feel living where you do. So when the runes describe living elsewhere, it gives more meaning to the difference between the two. In short, stating your intention leaves a lot more room for detail in the cast. So my points on intention are have one. First and foremost, just have one. Second is phrase it as a statement, not a question. 
and that makes you think through what you really want to know. And third is to phrase it carefully. Again, it gives you the opportunity to clarify exactly what you need insight on. So if you don't understand what it is you really need to know from the runes, they can't address that concern. They're not magic. I mean, maybe they are, okay, sort of. Maybe they are mind readers. But when you set and observe a clear intention, you actually stand the chance of understanding what they're going to tell you at a much deeper level. So stay tuned as I discuss the next factor in how I read the runes. If you have questions about setting intentions, feel free to call in by tapping the call-in button on Anchor or email me at kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y, at soulintentarts.com. Hi, everybody. It's Kelly again, and you're listening to What in the Weird. I've been addressing the question of how I read the runes, and in the first part of that little series, I addressed setting an intention. So check that one out if you missed it, because it sets up how this next part fits in. The next detail in how I do readings is configuration. So brace yourselves on this one. I rarely use spreads. I, 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 I would almost say I don't use them at all. I know, it's blasphemy, right? Runes are so often assimilated into the tarot that many people don't even know a different way to read them. But other ways include doing casts where you throw the runes and you read them based on where and how they fall or you do blind draws where you just kind of pull them out and you just kind of go from there. There are other ways, which for me are more to the point of my intention. I find spreads to be bloated, just overwhelming, like too many voices talking at once. Although if you're me, it's really too many voices screaming at once. The runes require a certain finesse. And as I said in part one, they're very blunt. So for me, shoving them into a spread stifles their story. I get none of the nuance. For those reasons, in my own ADD, oh my God, I can't even tell you how often I've come to a reader with an intention and they do that Celtic cross thing or the entire Futhark. And by the third rune, I'm just thinking about lunch. So there you go. I don't don't often work with spreads. I read the runes more organically. So... To start, I always set an intention for every engagement, and based on that intention, I decide how many runes to pull, at least initially. For instance, if the intention is focused on a shift, then I pull a rune to represent the present state, another one that shows the transformation, and a third one for how it can manifest, and I read them in that order. If there's any confusion around how a rune applies to its position in the intention, then I draw a clarifying rune, as many as needed. So it can still end up being quite a lot of runes, though I read them as they're revealed within the context, not all laid out up front and kind of artificial feeling, at least to me. Likewise, if the intention encompasses a place, I pull a rune for each location, and then again, I draw clarifying ones as needed. So part of your ability to know how many runes to lay out depends on how you break down and understand the intention. If the rune doesn't pertain to some facet of the intention, what's the point in including it in the cast? As a writer, I think of it as a story unfolding and to just break it down even further, more like diagramming sentences. I know I'm that geek. I set out a rune for every operative part of the intention with the additional ones pulled 
as modifiers. So for the record, I never thought diagramming sentences was useless, although well, I realize that's TMI. So as with diagramming sentences, I break intentions down into smaller pieces and draw a rune for each piece. That way I know exactly which rune is giving commentary on what part of the intention. If the intention encompasses people, I pull one for each person, then one for how they interact, how the issue progresses. It's not all laid out at the beginning, and a rune corresponds to each part and how I map them out, so I know exactly which part is addressing which component of the intention. So my closing tips on the configuration of a reading are, one, make it tight. Whatever you do, spread or not spread, make sure the runes relate to the components of the intention. And second, is stay on task. It's not just about keeping the intention tight, it's also about the attention span, yours or whomever you're reading for. Part of all of this is creating space, which is a whole other episode, and if you lose the awareness of your client or yourself, if you start chasing rabbits in the middle of your own reading, the reading isn't going to have any meaning for you. So if you observe those two aspects of configuration, you'll save a ton of guesswork to relate the runes back to the intention and eliminate potential for misinterpretation. If you use the intention as your touchstone, how you frame the runes to get that information, then your readings will be spot on and your relationship to the runes will intensify. So send me your questions. Email me at kelly at solentonarts.com.